From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. I'm so excited to be here. You've been to Austin before, right? I have many times. Yeah, I love yeah. I love Austin, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've learned so many things. You know, we do a little bit of research as we come to any city like we both know Austin a bit, but I found out new things. Obviously, I know this is a great place for music. Also, the O Henry Panoff competition happens here. And you have no professional sports teams except soccer. It is like Ask Me Another if it were a city, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a great show for you. We have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage right now bragging to each other about how much they rent their places for during South by Southwest. (laughs) And soon they'll be up here playing some nerdy games and one of them will be our big winner. Hey, so, um, yeah, our special guest on our show is Matthew McConaughey. You might know him from being extremely famous. You know, people talk about the uh, McConaissance, right? That's when he just was in a slew of highly acclaimed movies, televisions, won an Oscar. Uh, But he's followed that up with the McConaughey. How did we get him on Ask Me Another? What's your favorite Matthew McConaughey project? (laughs) I really loved him in uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up in a town called Dirtbag, Connecticut. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not called Dirtbag, Connecticut. It was a lovely town, but, like, I felt like watching that movie, I was like, I know that guy. Like, I know four guys who are exactly like that guy that I grew up with. And two of them are named Matt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone has, like, an entry point, I would say. Like, if you're really into rom-coms, of course, you know him from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. If you're really into dramas, you know him from Dallas Buyers Club. I wasn't huge with the uh, movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's some people's favorite. It's just a little weird for me because I don't mean to brag, but I've done it in, like, two hours, you know? So (laughs) let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is about famous moments in nudity. Uh, Oh, yeah. Mine happened in high school when this guy saw me naked from only the waist down. (laughs) Donald Duck style. (laughs) That is like being quadruply naked, okay? Anyway, let's meet our contestants. First up, Letty Leal Evans. You're a library associate at the Austin Public Library. Yes! Letty, you're also in a bunch of bands. Yes, I am in a bunch of bands. Including a Van Halen cover band? Yes. You're the lead singer? I am the David Lee Roth. Did you see my pants? Oh, yeah! (laughs) Uh, what's, what are a couple of your favorite songs to sing? I like Ain't Talking About Love mm-hmm. a lot. I really like Hot for Teacher. Um, that one is tiring, and I, if I have the energy and it's the floor's right, I will end it with a split. Whoa! <laughs> okay. But I'm nowhere as flexible as Diamond Dave. Maybe Diamond Dave now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe even Diamond Dave now. Letty, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Natasha Baker-Bradley. You're an attorney in Austin who reviews DNA. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's very sexy. I'm sure because of that, you just get asked stupid questions about the television show CSI all the time. I'm actually pretty new. You're my first person asking Okay, that I'm not going to ask you about that. But I do know from uh, knowing a little bit about you that after a crime lab was shut down in Austin, you became part of a task force to deal with the aftermath of that. So what, tell us about that. Basically, I think it's fundamental that we want fair trials. Yes. Uh, potentially some false evidence was presented, so we're just going back all through it to make sure it's all good evidence. And if it wasn't, they get a new trial. You're going through all DNA. Yep. Yeah. 
It's like real. Super real. It's like a real job. Coincidentally, yeah. at the library, I also work with a lot of different kind of DNA. <laughs> That's right. And I imagine a lot of it is guilty. <laughs> Natasha, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Letty and Natasha, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. Asit is known for its amazing culture, amazing food, and one thing in particular also got our attention, Hippie Hollow. <laughs> Hippie Hollow is the only public park in the state of Texas that is officially clothing optional, so when I walked through the Alamo naked a few days ago, technically that was not allowed. So that inspired us to create a game about famous moments in nudity. And if you can believe it, we wrote this before we knew Matthew McConaughey was going to be on our show. <laughs> Ring in to answer, and here we go. According to legend in the 11th century, the Countess of Mercia asked her husband to stop taxing citizens so heavily. He said, sure, if she'd ride a horse through the marketplace naked. She called his bluff in the buff. Natasha. Lady Godiva? Yes, that is correct. When this grunge band sang Come As You Are, they could have been referring to the naked baby trying to grab a dollar bill on the cover of their album, Nevermind. Lady. Nirvana. Yeah, you got it. And just to make everyone feel how time has passed, if they were to recreate that album cover right now, that baby, his name is Spencer Eldon, we would see a photo of a 30-year-old naked man <laughs> swimming after a dollar and 88 cents. In the 1800s, a replica of this famous Michelangelo statue was given to Queen Victoria. She was apparently so scandalized by its nakedness, the museum made a plaster fig leaf to hide its genitals. Letty. David. That is right, yeah. In Stockholm in 2015, this fly away singer's fly went away when his leather pants split apart on stage. Letty. Lenny Kravitz. That's right. <laughs> From the bubbly joy in your voice, I take it you've seen the I've video. I've seen the pic, yes, I... <laughs> more than once. <laughs> <laughs> this is your last clue. Unlike most companies, this one's been using progressively less sex appeal. The 1971 version of its logo featured a topless, two-tailed mermaid siren. The logo was revised several times since then, first covering her breasts with her hair and then eliminating her belly button. Letty. Starbucks. Yeah, that's right, Starbucks. Get rid of her belly button. It's too hot. Mermaid's belly button, too sexy yeah. for coffee. I can't look at my coffee and think of, like, umbilical cords. When you put it that way, it seems less sexy. <laughs> that's right. All right, great game, and Letty is in the lead. Our next game is about things that come out at night, such as my anxieties about things from my past, like that guy in high school who saw me naked from just the waist down. Okay, so after a fun day at Austin's Nude Park, you can spend the night watching one and a half million Mexican free-tailed bats emerge from under the Congress Avenue Bridge. Oh, yeah. So this audio quiz is about other creatures that are active at night, and the points are doubled. Letty, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Natasha, you need to get more points, or we'll trap you under the Congress <laughs> Avenue Bridge at night with actual members of Congress. <laughs> Worse than bats. <laughs> Here we go. Take your garbage out at night and you might run into this little trash panda. It uses its tiny hands with loads of sensory receptors to see the items it picks up in the dark. <laughs> Natasha. Raccoon? Yeah, that's a raccoon. 
The jaguar is one of two North American big cat species. This is the other one. It's also the last feline, a version of Mac OS X, was named after before Apple switched to places in California. <laughs> Natasha. Mountain lion? Mountain lion is correct, yes. I believe after places in California, Apple is switching to all the actors who have played Batman. It's <laughs> a lot of versions. This social member of the canine family has a sense of smell 100 times better than yours. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Letty. Wolf. That is a wolf, yes. Gray wolf. And Jon Snow forgot to pet all of them. <laughs> the name for this large animal comes from the Greek for river horse. Its lack of true sweat glands combined with the hot sun helps explain why it does most of its business at night. <laughs> Letty. Hippopotamus. Yeah, that's a hippopotamus. Have you seen the video recently where someone throws a watermelon in a hippopotamus's mouth? A whole watermelon, yeah. Yeah, and it just... Ah, nah, 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 <laughs> and watermelon goes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we do this. We just catch up. Yeah. We just talk about YouTube videos for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is your last clue. This bird of prey can swivel its head around 270 degrees. <laughs> Letty. Owl. That is an owl. All right, great game. Letty, you are moving on to the final round. Coming up, Matthew McConaughey is here. We asked him if he wanted to play a game with us, and he said, all right. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Zoom is used by millions to connect face-to-face -face across town or around the world. Zoom ties together all of your unified communication tools into one easy platform for video conferencing, phone calls, group chat, webinars, and conference rooms. Zoom is how business gets done. Visit Zoom online to set up your free account today. Meet happy with Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from MailChimp. So, you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing stuff you need all in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data. All to help you market smarter and grow faster. Learn more at MailChimp.com. Fall movies are about to heat up and Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR has you covered. We'll tell you whether some of the big films on the way are as good as you're hoping they are, and we'll help build a list of gems you can uncover for yourself. Start your Oscars prep early with Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Listen and subscribe now. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, coming to you from Austin, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's an Academy Award winner. He is so good at acting, he created a one-man pop culture renaissance. Please welcome Matthew McConaughey. Check this mic, check the mic. Could you hear me on the mic? I gotta tell you, it's the first time I've had a minister of culture on the show. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you are UT Athletics Minister of Culture. How long has this been happening now? Well, I guess it became legit about five months ago, six months ago. Brand new. Brand new. Okay, so what does this honor... 
Uh, what does it mean? Yeah, what, yeah, what are you doing with good it? Good question. Um, <laughs> so, uh, culture. <laughs> My greatest educator. <laughs> living in Austin, I wanted to invest in the town that I'm living in, the town that me and my family call home, invest in the university that I graduated from. And, yeah. And for me, the best I can explain, it's about aligning values and, and bridging certain relationships. It's my hope that the university becomes more of the backyard for the city of Austin. It's my hope that the city of Austin becomes more of the backyard for the University of Texas. And so, um, yeah. yeah. And Austin, the city of Austin, as we all know, we're, we're, we're going through a little adolescence right now, which is great. It's changing. But we're, it's changing, it's growing. So how do we preserve the core? How do we preserve our DNA of everything we love about this great city, but still embrace progress? Yeah. You went to UT Austin. I did. Uh, I read that actually when you were in college, you were approached by an agent for hand modeling work? Yes. That's a great story. My first. <laughs> yes. So I think I was a sophomore, maybe I was a junior in college looking for a little extra cash. I was, you know, I was a, I was a waiter down at Catfish Station on uh, 6th Street. Anyone remember that? Great blues and jazz joint. And uh, I always bit my nails. I always bit my nails. And this agent goes, you know, you have really, really nice looking hands. And I was like, oh, wow, thanks. And she goes, you know, maybe you could make a little money with that. I was like, really, how's that? There's a hand modeling job. I could send you out to go audition. And she looked at my hand, she goes, but you ain't gotta let those nails grow a little quicker. So she gave me two weeks. I haven't chewed my nails since. <laughs> Commerce and vanity. I quit chewing my nails. I got the hand modeling job. You did? Made like 300 bucks. Yeah. Okay, so you got the hand, you did one hand modeling job? That's the only one I've ever had. I'm still okay. available. I'm still oh, available okay. for hand modeling. Okay. And of course, it's not, it's impossible to not associate you with one of the most quoted phrases in pop culture. All right, all right, all right. Ah, does, anyone know, does, that, does anyone in here know the story about where that came from? Check this out. So as most of you know, I go to the right bar the right night here in Austin, Texas. Bartender. He says, there, there's a guy at the end of the bar producing a film. I go down and introduce myself. Four hours later, we get kicked out of this so-said bar. On the way home in the cab, he says, you ever done any acting? I said, well, I did a hand modeling job. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, you might be right for this part. I'm in town doing this film. It's called Days Confused. There's this guy, David Wooderson. Come down tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m., pick up this script. I come back, I read, I get the job. Linklater shooting on set, they're shooting another scene. I come out of the trailer, looks at me, he comes up laughing. <laughs> this is great, this is Wooderson, yeah, great. And he can say, man, he goes, you know, Wooderson, he's a guy who's probably been with the, the typical hot girls, you know, the cheerleader and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But you think he'd be after the, go after the redheaded intellectual? And I go, give me 30 minutes. So I start telling myself in my head, who is my man? Who's Wooderson? What am I about? And I go, all right, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 70 Chevelle. There's one. I said, I'm about rock and roll. I said, Nugent's in the eight track, stranglehold. There's two. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, oh, Slater's riding shotgun. He's always got a good doobie rolled up. There's three. And as soon as I say that to myself in my head, I hear action. And I tell myself, the fourth thing Wooderson's about is picking up chicks. Put it in drive in my head. I said, I got three out of four. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't know if that was going to be my one day at work, a, a summer hobby. And that was in 1992, so we're talking 27 years ago. So yeah. people always ask, hey, do you, you get tired of people saying that? I said, hell no, man. That's the first three words I said. And they, I was getting a check for $320 a day. People were saying, can you come back tomorrow? And I was like, can I get away with it again? Yeah. And now it's turned out to be a career I love. And that was the first three words I ever said. Yeah. It's amazing. Now, you go from... Sexiest Man Alive by People Magazine in 2005. Yes. To 
To critics, darling, when you come back in the most epic fashion, Magic Mike 2012, Wolf of Wall Street 2013, Dallas Buyers Club 2013, True Detective 2014. I mean, did you intentionally push to work with Martin Scorsese and Chris Nolan and Steve Soderbergh? And I intentionally, here's what I did. So I guess it was right around after Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, the only things that were really coming at me at that time were romantic comedies. What I had to do was I said, I'm going to not do what I've been doing. Mm. And I, I remember going, I don't know how long this is going to be a dry spell. I go to my wife, I go, I may not get work for a while, and you know I get a little wobbly. If, and she goes, I got your back, stick to it. So what happens after 20 months or so, William Freak had called first for Killer Joe, mm-hmm. but then Soderbergh called. Soderbergh had never called me before. Um, Dallas Buyers Club I had for a while, I had held onto that for years, because I was trying to get it made, but nobody at that time would make it. A lot of people liked the script, but they said, I'm not gonna make it with McConaughey. And then True Detective came along the way. Um, Then, you know, just went on a run. And I think what happened is in that time away, I unbranded. I didn't rebrand. And then all of a sudden I became a new, hey, you know, it'd be an interesting, good idea. McConaughey, which if I wouldn't have taken that time off and said no and outlasted Hollywood and said he's, Hollywood got the signal. He's right. not doing those other films we're offering. I don't care how much money we put to it. Right, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's always a risk, right? That is the, it's always a risk. And to top it all off, you're now teaching a class at UT called Advanced Producing Script to Screen. Yes. So you were a visiting uh, professor at the school for a few years. About it's the, four years. Uh, and now full professor. Full professor. It's a lot of work. It's another, to go back to the earlier question yeah. of the MOC, it's another way. I mean, I'm enjoying investing in things that are legacy for me and my family. And this is a class that for 12 years, I had the idea and it was a class I was like, oh, when I was in film school, I wish I would have had that class. What, what's within it that you wish so you had had? Script to screen, what I noticed after 27 years of making films is the final product that you see on screen is so different from the original script. Sure. And the emanations that that script goes through is quite the journey. And so I go to what films I go work on and I go to the producer and director and said, listen, would you share the information? I've got a class, there's 35 serious film students. Or we will take them chronologically through the scripts all the way up to the final film. Um, and they will see the differences. And it's hopefully just prepares these younger students and storytellers to understand that there is a magic to the process. Do the students refer to you as Professor McConaughey? A lot of them do. Yeah! Professor McConaughey. That's like, awesome. Yay. That's great. Howdy, howdy. All right, Professor McConaughey, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? I'm going to find out. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I think so. Come on. Before the show, we were told that you'd be into a quiz about college mascots. Let's try it. College mascots. Yeah. Yeah. Are you into college mascots? Do you know them? Not really. All right, we'll no see. problem. <laughs> All of these questions are multiple choice. Uh, and if you do well enough, Caitlin Rothelli from Austin, Texas will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. All right. For about 100 years, UT Austin's mascot has been a live Texas Longhorn steer named Bevo. What unfortunate fate befell the original Bevo? A, his enclosure was left open and he ran away, never to be seen again. Eh. B, he was accidentally tackled at a football game. Eh. C, he was barbecued and served at a team banquet. A, B, or C? That's it? Mm-hmm. Wait, ran away. Which one got is it? Got ran over or got eaten? Mm-hmm. See, It is true. He was barbecued and served at a team banquet. <laughs> Cannibalized. Yep. Apparently, he was not really beloved. And <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was really just too much to take care of him, so they fattened him up and ate him. All right. So, Ohio State mascot is Brutus. He's mostly human, except he has what for a head? A, a football, B, a Buckeye, or C, a diorama of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. They're just... B, 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 B. B. 
Buckeye is correct. <laughs> two for two. That's right. Ohio is the Buckeye state. Buckeyes are hard, brown, poisonous seeds. <laughs> Which of these nicknames did the Nebraska Cornhuskers go by in the 1800s? A, the bug eaters. B, the flyovers. C, the buffaloes. Uh, I got A's and B's. The bug eaters, you said? Yeah. 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 Bug eaters. Bug eaters is correct. Yeah. Bug eaters. (laughs) It's because uh, the state has a lot of bug eating bats. All right. Here's your last one. What do the mascots of Wichita State, Syracuse University, and Scottsdale's Community College in Arizona all have in common? Their mascots are A, all extinct animal species, B, they're all space objects, or C, they're all agricultural products. The Syracuse orange? Yes, C. That's right, yeah, the Syracuse orange, you're right. Syracuse has Otto the orange. Who's Scottsdale? Scottsdale has Artie the fighting artichoke. And Wichita State is? Wichita, yeah, has a muscular bundle of wheat called the Woo Shock. Wheat, oranges. <laughs> and artichokes. And artichokes, eh? That's right. Put that on your menu. Uh, Matthew, four for four, thank you. Uh, yeah, four for four. Congratulations, Matthew. You and listener Caitlin Rathelli won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Yeah, all right, Caitlin. Matthew will be back later in the show to play another game. But right now, give it up for Matthew McConaughey. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Our next game is called Stone Cold Steve Austin, Texas. And it's a stunner. It'll take three minutes and 16 seconds to play. I'm told pro wrestling fans will understand those references. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Christine Whalen, you're a statistical research report editor, which is a long ways from your very first job in Chicago, hand-making pinatas. That's right. Sounds like a huge amount of work. Well, I only did a small part of it, so I would get the mold of the pinata, and I would put on the rough, flat paper, and I would give it to somebody else who would put on the nice, pretty paper. Was it at a factory? Sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Was it a legal situation? I'm I'm not going to say yes. Maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Christine, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Wendy Ahrens. You're a freelance humor writer. Yes. What are you working on right now? Uh, I'm working on a book, and I'm also just writing freelance humor pieces. Yeah, what's your book about? Uh, It's about being old. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a title for it yet? I'm wearing tunics now. I'm wearing tunics now. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Wendy, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Wendy and Christine, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. Let's go to your first game. So some people think Austin is named for Stephen F. Austin, who brought hundreds of families to this area and is known as the father of Texas. But we chose to believe it's named after pro wrestling legend Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) So in this word game, you're going to mash up celebrity names with state capitals. So if I said, the Country Music Hall of Famer who sang two more bottles of wine might want to grab a third bottle as she travels across Pennsylvania, you would answer, Emmylou Harrisburg. Remember, the celebrity name will always come first in the mashup, and the state capital will come second. This soul music pioneer is known for singing Georgia on my mind, but sometimes he was thinking about West Virginia. Wendy. Oh, wow. Uh, Ray Charleston. That is correct. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Race car drivers are always making scary left turns, which may be why this Indiana capital is so into the author of The Left Hand of Darkness. Okay. (laughs) Here's a hint. She also wrote the Earth Sea series. 
All right. You know what? Can anyone out here do this mashup? Yes, Ursula uh, K. Leguindianapolis oh is the full thing. Well done. Le Guin was the first writer to ever win both science fiction's uh, most prestigious awards, the Hugo and the Nebula, for two different novels. So shame on you. I feel NPR <laughs> shame. So she's pretty famous and successful, and I don't know. I feel like you should have heard of her. <laughs> Truth Hurts. This juice singer's hometown of Detroit thinks she's good as hell, but she's even more beloved in Washington State. Wendy. Uh, Lizzo Olympia? Lizzo Olympia, that's right. Nevada embraced a groundbreaking book on environmentalism to keep their verdant capital from turning into a silent spring. Christine. Rachel Carson City. That is right. Congratulations. Yes. Of course, you know she was an American biologist who wrote about pollution, and she wrote Silent Spring in 1962. Not as famous as Ursula K. <laughs> this is your last clue. Music City, USA? Sure, but this Tennessee capital identifies more with the humorous poetry of a prolific 20th century writer who could have loved this town had he not loved Baltimore. Wendy? Uh, Ogden, Nashville? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Great game, and Wendy is in the lead. If your mind is as pliable as a Springfield, Illinois, then oh, Boise, Idaho, you sound like a trivia Boston, Massachusetts, and should apply to be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, Matthew McConaughey is back to play another game. Did you know he was voted most handsome in high school? We're going to ask him what the heck happened. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Meet us at the Bell House on Thursday, October 3rd for a live taping of Ask Me Another from Shrill and his podcast, Anthem Homunculus. We'll be joined by actor, director, and playwright John Cameron Mitchell. For tickets and more information, visit amatickets.org. Hi there, I'm Felix Contreras, host of NPR Music's Alt Latino Podcast. Every fall, many people around the country celebrate Latino Heritage Month. And while we like to say every month is a Heritage Month in our program, we still like to do something extra special. Intrigued? Listen and subscribe to Alt Latino from NPR and join the fun. This is NPR's Ask Me Another coming to you from Austin, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Wendy and Christine. Our next game is called 1845, which is what I say to casting directors when they ask, what ages can I play? <laughs> Let's check in with our contestants. So, Wendy, in 2007, you wrote an open letter to Procter & Gamble about the ridiculous message that appears on the inside of the flap of their always pads at the time. Now, it was published in McSweeney's. It went viral. Many well-known actors performed it as a piece. So tell us about this letter. Yeah, it went viral before Facebook and Twitter existed. People were mailing it to each other. Are you kidding me? No. And just this past year, it kind of took on a new life, and it was performed in London at the Letters Live show, and then Uzo Adubo from Orange is the New Black yeah. performed it, and Alison Brie from Glow performed it at some big gala in L.A. It's just bizarre. I guess, like, maxi pads have a long life. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was the a little inspirational message that was on the inside of the flap? Have a happy period. Oh. I mean... They couldn't run that by one woman, one woman. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, I love this. You told my producer that you really love smells. I do. I mean, I love smells, but I, I get the impression that you really love smells. So what is one of your favorites? 
it's a kind of a nostalgic smell, but it's the smell of a hot tape fresh out of the VCR. I mean, I'm trying to think of what that... So it's kind of like a plasticky burn. Yeah, it's nothing good. It's nothing good. <laughs> no. And, and where does that take you in your brain? Uh... Childhood movies. Childhood movies. Yeah. Is, is there any particular movie that you think of? Uh, yeah, like Never Ending Story. Never Ending uh, Story. Yeah. All right, your next game is a music parody about the year Texas became a state. Wendy, stay in the lead and you're in the final round. Christine, you need to get more points or you must secede from this show. Texas became the 28th U.S. state in 1845, and we wondered what else was going on in America that year. Turns out, at least seven other things. (laughs) In this game, we rewrote songs with the word America or American in the title to make them about people, places, and things with a connection to 1845. We're totally running out of ideas. (laughs) Ring in and tell me what I'm singing about, and if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can name the original song or the artist who made it famous. Here we go. Three strikes, you're out. The Knickerbocker Club just wrote the rules about playing this American game. Wendy. Baseball. Baseball, that's right. And Tom Petty, American Girl. Yeah, well done. Straight to the bonus point, I like that. It's very aggressive. I don't have any time to spare. I'm wearing tunics now. Here's your next one. Henry, I said as I packed his bag for Massachusetts. Don't you need more for two years in the woods? He's gonna write about living the simple life. I bet he still sends his laundry home. Wendy. Henry David Thoreau, Walden Woods. Yeah, left for Walden Pond in 1845. That's right. And his mother did his laundry and brought him sandwiches. I just read that on the internet. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Um, And Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel, America. That's right. right. The president said no. Senate disagreed. The president said no. House did not concede Old John Tyler used his right Legislators pooled their voting might They clapped back successfully For the first time in their history Hey Tyler, they did not concede The president said no Congress disagreed Wendy Veto, presidential veto Yes, we'll accept that veto as the first veto was overridden in 1845. And that was American Woman? That's right, American Woman, by guess who or Lenny Kravitz, depending on who you ask. (laughs) This guy made my favorite pie. Yeah, John Chapman worked the map, man, that guy must have been spry. He planted trees in every place he passed by. Now he's dead and all the tart makers cry. Because he's their favorite fruit tree ally. Christine. Johnny Appleseed? Johnny Appleseed is the answer. Died in March 1845. Aww. For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? American Pie. That's right. Don McClain. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The Seminoles really didn't appreciate When we made it the 27th state Peninsula by the Gulf of Mexico If you like beaches and oranges, you should go Christine? Uh, Florida? Florida, that's correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? No. No, don't feel bad. It's American Idiot by Green Day. Oh. This is your last clue. 
Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, there's a tap on my chamber door, whoa, and a bird sang nevermore, whoa, now I really miss my girlfriend Lenore. Christine. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, that's the raven, that's right, published in 1845. Poe was so raven. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good one. <laughs> For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Is it the Go-Go's? Uh, it is not the Go-Go. It is Kim Wilde, Kids in America. Ophira, how did our contestants do? Great game. And after two games, Wendy is moving on to our final round. Before our final round, why don't we play another game with our special guest? Let's bring back... Matthew McConaughey, everybody. So, Matthew, because we're in Austin, the state capital, this is obviously the place where Texas laws are made. So if you could make a law for the state of Texas, do you have anything in mind? Yes. Okay, what would you do? Absolutely. If you happen to hear after 2 a.m. somebody playing bongos... (laughs) Next door, on your street, or anywhere, don't call the cops. Just go throw a ham over the fence or knock on their door. They're having a good time with themselves. Not harming anybody, just smelling the jasmine blowing through the screen window, celebrating the victory over Nebraska bug eaters. No, that one actually turned out all right. Did you say throw a ham? Well, that's what a neighbor, a great producer, Bob Ezrin, who produced Pink Floyd and Kiss and a lot of those albums, when I moved into my first home out in Hollywood, I was having a similar evening (laughs) that I had here. And this big ham came flying (laughs) flying over the wall. And the next day he had this really long letter about how the last, that night the noise had intruded and got in, even though his wife and him had on plugs, it had, it had in, trespassed into their home. And it was the nicest shut the F up letter I've ever heard in my life. And the next day I took the ham back with a bottle of wine and he and I've been friends ever since. Oh. <laughs> this game is all about unusual Texas laws. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to read a Texas law. We'll read Texas laws or a statute or a resolution. You just tell us whether it's really on the books or just a myth. Okay. All right. Here we go. In Texas, it's illegal to sell your eyeballs. Is that real or fake? Yeah, sounds true. It is true. It Whoa, is illegal. Thank you. It's yep. illegal to sell your eyeballs. Can't sell your eyeballs, your um, kidney, your liver, your heart, your lung, your pancreas, your bones, your skin. But you can sell your hair and your blood. Okay. Yep. I bet you can sell your... I know a few states where I bet you can sell your eyeballs. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> yeah. If you plan to commit a crime, you must send your victim written notice at least 24 hours in advance. Is that real or fake? That's fake. Yeah, that's Thank pretty you. fake. <laughs> if you conduct an experiment that may change the weather in Texas, you must publish a notice in the newspaper at least three weeks in advance. That sounds very... I'm not answering it. That sounds very true. Yeah. That's, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, real. Come on. If you're going to change the weather. Yes. If you're going to play the G-O-D. All right. It dates back to the Civil War when gunpowder was used to try to create rain clouds to address water shortages. They played bongos late at night back then, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is illegal to drive barefoot in Texas. That's true. That is fake. It is legal in every state in the union to drive barefoot. See, I, they got me because I've been told, because <laughs> I drive barefoot a lot, yes. and I've been told many times, you can't do that, man. That's illegal. I'm like, getting away with another one. But I, I, it was legal. Yep. Now you can really live it up. Oh, yep. God damn. Okay. Say, I heard on NPR. They'll love that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
This is your last clue. Okay. <laughs> a House resolution from 1977 declares chili the official Texas state dish, noting that President Lyndon B. Johnson once said, chili concocted outside of Texas is a weak apologetic imitation of the real thing. LBJ, that, that's got to, that, that, yeah, that sounds very true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. LBJ. You did great. Matthew serves as the Minister of Culture for the upcoming University of Texas Sports Arena. Give it up for Matthew McConaughey, everybody. Thank you. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back Letty Leal Evans, who's the David Lee Roth in a Van Halen cover band. And Wendy Ahrens, who's wearing tunics now. Letty and Wendy, your final round is called The Lone Star. Texas is the Lone Star State, so in this game, every answer will include something you'd find in outer space. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, signed by Matthew McConaughey. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Wendy is going first. Here we go. Wendy, she's Frank Zappa's daughter, whose voice is featured on his song, Valley Girl. Uh, Moon Unit Zappa. That is correct. Letty, this Sega home video game console hit the U.S. market in 1995. Genesis. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh. We're looking for a Sega Saturn. Wendy, in badminton, you hit this object with a racket. A birdie? Yeah, Birdie is not found in space yet. Yeah. Uh, we were looking for <laughs> shuttlecock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letty, this Mexican lager is the most imported beer in the United States. Three seconds. Um, well, there's Dos Equis. Corona. Corona. Corona is correct. Yes. It's the outer part of a star. I'm just going to name all of the Mexican <laughs> beers. <laughs> Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? Well, it's tied one-to-one, Afira. Wendy, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she's Gamora's sister. Oh, God. Um, she's probably green and has antenna. It's not Sodom. I know that. <laughs> Three seconds. <laughs> I don't pass. I don't know. There's no passing, but uh, the, the answer is Nebula. Uh. Letty, Halifax is the capital of this Canadian province. Uh, Ontario. <laughs> this hurts my soul. Wait, is that a city? All right. Sorry. We're just going to stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Nova Scotia. Ah. Wendy, Taryn Egerton plays Elton John in this 2019 biopic. Rocket Man. That is correct. Letty, this brand of bleach powder is often packaged in a bright green tube. Comet. That is correct. All right, we're halfway through our questions. Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? Ophira, it's tied two to two. Wendy, these multi-grain snacks come in harvest cheddar, garden salsa, and French onion. They were once sold in a bag that was louder than a lawnmower when opened. Sun chips. That is correct. Letty, this detective show starring Kristen Bell got its second wind thanks to Kickstarter and its third wind thanks to Hulu. Veronica Mars. That is correct. Wendy, this competitive real-time sci-fi strategy game spawned a huge professional gaming scene in South Korea. Oh, man. Pokemon doesn't live in outer space. And I know it's not Dungeons & Dragons. That's, like, way wrong. I'd, Three seconds. I don't know. I don't know. We were looking for StarCraft. No, I never would have known that. <laughs> Letty, in 1979, Atari produced this arcade game to compete with space invaders. Asteroids? That is correct. Jonathan, how are things going? Wendy has to get this one right or Letty will win the game. Wendy, it's the periodic element with the symbol HG. Oh, man. Helia. Oh, gosh. This is like my weak spot is space. Um, <laughs> three seconds. It's very vast. Uh, 
Uh, helium, helium. That's not right. Oh, sorry, that is incorrect. We were looking for mercury. So, congratulations, Letty. You're our big winner. You were both awesome. Congratulations, and what a pleasure. And that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Camilla Franklin, Scott Ross, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts, Kara Weinberger, and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, Ramel Wood, and interns Natalie Hitayan and Hannah Meyer-Katkin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. Them two radio men. We'd like to thank the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. Portmanteau Hater. KUT Austin's NPR station. Punk's Trust Sanitation. And our production partner, WNYC. And our live event sponsor, Western Hotels and Resorts. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Happy to hear you're still listening, and since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Saturday Night Live's newest cast member, Bowen Yang, shares his SNL audition story. They'd be like, and just, yeah, new impressions. And I was like, I am running out of Asian public figures right. <laughs> to impersonate. Remember the United guy? The guy who got dragged off United? Yes. He was my closer for this audition. <laughs> so join us on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.